My name is Bro, Musa. when are we starting the show? Bro, we're starting now. Oh. My so name tell is me when we start, like, proper filming. Like, We're filming right now, bro. Really? Yeah. Which which one is it? All three, bro. Is it all three of them? Yeah. You could you can look at that one, but you're not. Oh. They're not gonna see you because they're just gonna see me. Oh. Smile to Jannah. How's things, bro? Yeah. Bro, you, please tell me you actually know my name. Yeah. There's too many people <laughs> that just. Hey, uh, smile, to, smile Jannah. to Jannah. Tell me a joke. So tell me. I uh, kind of, kind of with my wife. Uh, so I'm kind of just going out. <laughs> kind of. I'm calling. I'm gonna call you Zishan. Please do. Because that's what your parents called you, right? Yeah, yeah. Let's let's uh, let's let's go with that. Let's keep it simple, bro. Zishan. So for all of you that don't know, this is Zishan from Smile to Jannah. They are the same person. Yeah. <laughs> Banter. The question is, where's Frown to Jahannam? Ah, like I haven't heard that one before. <laughs> Where is he, bro? Bro, uh, when's the last time you uploaded a video on your channel? <laughs> a long time ago. Let's not talk about that right now. You're pretty consistent, aren't you? I try to be, alhamdulillah, yeah. What drives you to be consistent? Because I think consistency is something a lot of us struggle with. Do you, Musa? Do you yeah, think I that? Yeah, most definitely, I think that. Say, say that again, I wasn't, I wasn't listening. Bro, it's like this guy, man. I, I don't know what to say. Like, bro, I'm crumbling. I'm <gasps> crumbling, bro. I told you, bro. I warned you. <laughs> what was the question again? How do you? <laughs> how do you stay consistent? <laughs> how do I stay consistent? That's a very good question, Musa. The question of consistency is rooted from passion. Rooted. Yeah. Oh, is it like? Re- rerouted oh yeah, yeah but I didn't mean to do that uh, <laughs> when, it, when it comes to consistency bro it's just you have to believe in what you're doing yeah if you believe in what you're doing um, the, the passion will come the passion's there then consistency will come but sometimes you have passion but you don't I have I ain't finished bro <laughs> I was gonna get deeper mate let okay. me get deeper mate let me give you a deep rooted answer you know yeah. So if you're passionate, that means no matter what you're doing throughout the week or whatnot, your mind is constantly on your kind of mode of dawah. That's how it is. I'm constantly looking for opportunities. I'm constantly looking at ways that I can kind of, uh, sorry, that Darren Brown just threw me off because <laughs> I've got that book at home. I'm like, why have they got Darren Brown? Bro, there? come on, concentrate, so, man. Sorry, sorry, sorry. <laughs> What's going okay. bro? There's a Henry the Hoover right there and Darren Brown. <laughs> You're flipping, not making it easy for me, are you? Come on, bro. we got a nice uh, set coming <laughs> on here. What Don't was the question the again? <laughs> oh my God, bro. This episode. This, uh, this episode is going. <laughs> Sorry, you got, you got to have to ask me that again. <laughs> you have to ask me. <laughs> I think I'm pushing some serious buttons right there. How? <laughs> So you're gonna have to start again. <laughs> How do you? Okay, guys. So we're here with Smile to Janna. As you can see, he is extremely humorous right now. He's, <laughs> <laughs> what the heck, man? He's losing it, bro. Why aren't you like this on your own podcast? I am, bro. I always start them off like this, and then it oh. gets really serious. I wouldn't know because I don't watch it. Oh, said the guy who has uploaded for four months. But how do you know that though? Because uh, I watch your channel. I didn't say I don't watch your channel. But I can't watch it now because nothing on there. Yeah, it's true. How has that affected your life? It's actually improved it. (laughs) Bro, you're coming out with a lot of of digs today, man. (laughs) No, but on a serious one. Yeah, yeah, go on. Serious question. Can you be serious? I'm, I'm actually serious most of the time mm. so it's just when you happen to record you it's it's just it's it's a it's a very important tool that i feel that is used in the dawah like a lot of people when they're giving dawah they are serious mm. in fact if you look i say 95 percent of people are serious most people yeah even 99 percent when and they're giving dawah yeah. yeah and when when i started practicing you're, sometimes you're that one percent there you go bro and that's why sometimes 
I feel that a lot can be um, given to people through how you make them feel. For example, people don't remember necessarily what you've said, but rather how you made them feel when you said it. Yeah. And then that can kind of um, keep the idea in their mind. So that's why I feel uh, comedy is, is, number one, it transcends borders, cultures, languages. And number two, bro, it's just a joy to watch. Like time can go by, but you can get so much across. Like even in our joke, bro, alhamdulillah, no profanity, yeah, no innuendos, no hurting someone's feeling apart from yours. But obviously you don't really matter. So, uh, yes, yeah, just stuff like this. That's why I yeah. think it's a very, the, the intro in itself shows that, it, again, this is this is another genre. It's a new niche. I don't proclaim to be the Muhammad Hijab or, or the Hamza Sotsis. Um I try to mould the styles, but I try to kind of present it as, as, as comedy. Obviously, mm. you can't do that all the Does time. Does it work for you? Do you feel <coughs> like it works for you? Comedy and Dawah, do you think that that's a combination that can mix? 100% bro I've I've seen it be very effective In fact when I wasn't practicing That's the sort of stuff that appealed to me And that's why I always track it back to uh, You don't want to be giving dawah to the people That have already dawah given to You'd rather give it to people That actually need it the most yeah. They're the ones that are being neglected So I always think of myself I'm quite selfish like that You always think of yourself Oh yeah You know um, while I was actually preparing for your episode I what you actually prepared this? Of course, bro. Come this on. Uh, catastrophe has been orchestrated. Yeah, yeah it has been an orchestrated catastrophe, mate. Um, I actually was reminded by um, some of your stuff. Were you actually reminded? Yeah. Yeah, I was reminded of a companion of the Prophet, sallallahu alaihi wasallam. And I want to read it. I actually want to read it because I know I know people are gonna be like, "What? You're gonna read on a podcast? What are you doing?" Yeah. But I actually think that it's it's. It's really funny. So, Um Salama, radiallahu anha, may Allah be pleased with her, narrates a very funny hadith narration uh, that took place. She says, Abu Bakr, radiallahu anhu, may Allah be pleased with him, he wanted to go on a journey, yeah? So he decided to take a companion called Nu'iman and another companion called Suwaybit, yeah? And... The Prophet wasallam, that we believe in as Muslims, may peace and blessings be upon him, was still alive at this time. So this was like at the time of the Prophet, okay? So during the journey, he put Suwaybit in charge of the food, okay? Now Iman says to Suwaybit, look, I'm hungry, can you give me some food, okay? And he says, until Abu Bakr comes and gives me permission, you can't touch this food, brother, okay? Listen bro, just go with it. So Naiman got upset and decided to take his revenge on Suwaybit in other ways because he didn't get his food, okay? So he goes to a group of people that was that were passing by and he says, look, this is so funny, yeah? He goes, look, I've got this slave I would like to sell you, but he's a really intelligent slave, this one. He's, he's, he's a piece of work, this one, yeah? He's Arab and he's going to insist that he's free whenever you take him. Okay, so do you want him or not? So basically, he's told them, there's a slave. If you come to him and try and take him, he's going to insist he's free, but he's actually not. He's my slave. Yeah. And they said, yeah, sure, we'll take him. So he said, okay, I'll sell him to you for 10 dirhams. So he takes them to Suwaybit and he says, there he is. So they jump on Suwaybit and they start to capture him and lock him up. And Suwaybit says, <laughs> I'm free, I'm free. And they say, yeah, your master said you would say that. And Nu'iman was just sitting there and watching and not saying a word. Abu Bakr comes back and he says he found Nu'iman and the companions. And he said, what happened to Suwaybit? And they say, they told Abu Bakr what happened to him, etc. And what's funny here is that... <laughs> wait, what was the funny Damn bit? it, Musa! <laughs> wait, then they went back to You have to start all over again now. Then they... <laughs> Bro, you made me lose my flow, man. Then even Bro, back. you lost your own flow. <laughs> I, I didn't say anything. Basically, let me just conclude the story, then we'll continue, yeah? Then they went back to the Prophet, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. And... They laughed, they, they laughed about it for an entire year. That's why you don't do things scripted. Okay. How did you find that story, bro? Story time. 
Yeah, mashallah. Obviously, there's a lot of that, that, remi- that reminded me of you, like because he had like a sense of humor. And I think one thing about the companions that a lot of people don't mention, bro, like you know how everyone wants to be like the companions mm. of the Prophet, peace be upon him. They're all like, yeah, we should be like this, this, that. If you're not being like them, people will speak to you and like, bro, why aren't you being like this? Why did it? And you need to act a certain way. And I feel like sometimes when people try so hard, they lose their character. And I feel like the fact that the companions had their character is what made them so great. There's 124,000 companions. I mean, I thought you were going to say that's 124,000% true. Well, it's it's true. People shunt themselves into a handful of companions that they've heard of. There's many that people haven't heard of. Yeah. Like I'm sure they'd probably edit that out. Yeah. So that's probably <laughs> don't need to talk about it that much. Because come bro, it's five minutes and you, <laughs> you didn't even reach an effective conclusion. <laughs> The conclusion is I was reminded of you Bro tell me you're editing that out Yeah <laughs> Oh my Bro There's no editing It's a podcast Come on bro How are you going to do that Bro I edit my podcast Declassified That's why it's not real It's on Spotify iTunes and SoundCloud bro That's why it's not real Podcast man Nice plug I'm joking That's a nice plug though Okay so You've spoken about Dawah comedy Another topic I wanted to talk about With you yeah, On today's podcast Because I've spoken to you I've spoken with you Spoken with you Spoken about it with you. Damn it, Musa. On a podcast, yeah. <laughs> Reading. Where's the question? Reading. That's a word, bro. It's not a question. So you read a lot, right? I try to, yeah. But I don't read in the traditional sense of the word. Do you feel like it's important to read? You just ignored what I said and just uh, went on about your script, bro. Let me answer your question. You said, do I like to read? I do, but not in the traditional sense of the word. For example, I find it difficult to read, yeah. and I can't complete entire books. Yeah, um, I do that as well. Like you read half of it, and then you're like, yeah, yeah. Or well, what I used to do back in the days was I had to do it from page one to say page two fifty, but you can't do that. So, I what I do is I read book summaries. There's this app called Blinkist app. Wow. So what it does is it, what what it does is it summarizes entire books into fifteen minutes. It's about nine slides and you can even get the person to read it out to you if you're out and about. And literally you can clock a book in 15 minutes. Really? If you're listening, you can speed it up by 1.5. So what I do is I've read books from Orientalism to AI, <coughs> psychology, <coughs> to diet, to all sorts. And literally within a year, I pretty much clocked uh, about 100. Wow, that's really good, man. But that's not good though, because my target is to do one a day. So I should a book really a day. be a book a day, but it's a book summary a day. So I could probably mm. clock about three hundred and sixty-four um, in a year. So that's going to be my target about, for this year. What about what about the <laughs> actual it, books? It's three hundred sixty-five days in the year, bro. No, one day I got to take off, bro. I mean, calm down, man. <laughs> wait, 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 wait. So yeah. you're gonna read books every single day? Yeah. And you said three hundred sixty-four. Yeah. So what? 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 What day are you taking off? Sunday, bro. <laughs> the last Sunday What just one Sunday Yes yeah, so I gotta chill out bro It's the end of the year I gotta celebrate isn't it Are you sure it's not Christmas Bro Astaghfirullah <laughs> It's the last day is it you gotta Take the wife out on New Year's bro, Eve Bro that's that, very it? interesting You take out one day Yeah One Sunday Yeah If you said every Sunday That would make more sense But okay no, anyway no, no. One day bro So You're a big advocate Of Damn it, Musa! <laughs> <laughs> You're supposed to plan this. You're a big advocate of health. Do you feel like you're healthy? I feel like, alhamdulillah, I'm much healthier than I was before. So, wh- tell wh- tell me about what you were before. Yeah. So about the books thing, bro. Uh, so I read. <laughs> why are you going back to the books now? <laughs> That's because I had a point to make. Then why but did you just did it? What? Oh, did I? Yeah. Uh, I'm not used to these podcast things. No, no. So book summaries, yeah. Okay. I I do book summaries, and then now the more I see Muslims being targeted, the more I'm seeing us being affected, and you you realize, you know what? Why is it that when I get asked something, flipping, I can't answer it, mm. bro? I'm being the means of people going further away from the Deen. Mm. So me being more enlightened in a particular subject. Would mean somebody else would come closer to the deen. 
So, okay. so me realizing that, I was like, you know what, I need to invest in some books. But you can't get them from WH Smiths. You're going to have to look at alternative media, look at alternative interviews. It's like Howard Zen said, go to the dark corners of the library. And that's that's how you're going to know these authors. You can't rely on mainstream as soon as you enter WH Smith. Like I find that price. inspirational, bro, because... <coughs> Thank you, Hamza. Have you, sorry. <laughs> Ali. Musa. Oh, Musa, yeah. So you tell me you don't know my name when you're on the podcast. <laughs> Bro, of course I know your name. What was that again? So it's just getting worse and worse, isn't it? No, but look, comes that look let's, let's on the books, yeah. <laughs> on on the books. So, were you always like this in the sense no. that you were always interested in reading or like school for me killed the books, bro? It they killed books for me because I was I was working, I was studying only for an exam, and that exam every year there'd be some sort of exam. Yeah. GCSE then A level then degree bro I'm sick and tired of studying for exams I didn't really appreciate what I was learning I just had to do it because I had the pressure to get certain grades it's only when alhamdulillah I got those grades I'm not saying don't you know get those grades because you yeah. need it with this but you're society saying that be- we're because you had that pressure you you struggle to yeah to, internalize to just enjoy it. it bro mm-hmm. like now I'm I'm actually studying things like at uni you're doing stuff that has been Prescribed for you After I left uni and all that I'm studying what is useful for me So I can probably learn more in a year That I could in like 10 years uh, At school and at uni Because, But that's only if you know Which authors to go for mm. Like okay if I'm to look at UK history I'll go for say Mark Curtis If I'm to go into foreign policy I'd look at Noam Chomsky, John Pilger and these guys So again you can get like a large uh, Concentration of information To do with you to do with your background, to do with your culture, to do with your religion, mm. and it's more concentrated than studying a abstract course for three years and coming out with maybe like a couple of months that's really useful to you. So the books were killed, and in fact, it was Malcolm X that kind of inspired me to read because mm. when he was in prison, he read a lot. Um, yeah, he he read a lot, but he would, he was finding it very difficult. Um, so what happened was he started copying out definitions. And because he was there kind of with books, I mean, you only have books and the gym and, gym, you know, yeah, in, in gym, in, in, sorry, in prison, sorry, in prison yeah. yeah. And that that's literally what it is. So um, that's, that's what he did. He started writing down definitions. Hmm. He started, you know, going to uh, the, the, the end of the prison, you hmm. know, where the bars are, mm-hmm. when they would close the lights at 10 o'clock, he would go and you'd carry on reading because yeah. they put the lights out. And that's how they say, you know, he got the glasses and his vision got got weak. And then when he came out, bro, he wasn't really educated through the traditional system, yeah. but he was able to kind of shake the entire system to its core because he knew exactly where to direct his energy. Mm, and now with deep. what's happening to Muslims, bro, if today and now this doesn't inspire you to become more practicing, bro, then I don't know what time will. Because there came a time I was ignoring all this, nah, let mm. me not get into politics, let me not get into kind of our history and whatnot. Bro, it's it's necessary. It's very, very important to be balanced and nuanced in terms of your Islamic knowledge and in terms of your secular knowledge. Your secular knowledge as well. To to, to have that balanced view. Yeah. And bro, I've had to learn that the hard way. Mm. And even when you listen to people like Nigel Farage, they're referencing history as well, that we can't alienate these people because history teaches us. And why is that when people come to us, bro, there came a time that I was, it would affect my iman, bro. When people said, and me switching on the TV, oh, Muslims doing this, coming across people in the streets, shouting abuse, oh, Muslim, Muslim. I didn't know what to say to them. So you felt this like, you couldn't feel proud of your Islam kind of thing. Bro, I was questioning it like, why is it always bloody Muslims? Mm. These bloody Muslims. Like, even I started thinking, flipping, why is it always us? Yeah. Because there was a certain narrative that was shunted upon me mm. to force me into jumping into these books and listening to these alternative interviews that made me kind of think, you know what? Terrorism in itself is very broad. And why is it that only a specific type of terrorism is constantly being shunted upon me? Wow. There's so much. And it's only when I started broadening my knowledge, it helped my iman, it helped my dawah, it helped me as an individual. So books have played an integral part. Wow. And the thing is, bro, you know, there's many people that we won't be able to sit with, benefit from. Some have passed away, some are living in different parts of the world. With a book, you can sit with them anytime. 
That's deep. Any place. Mm. And you know what? Regardless of your the way you look or what you're wearing or time of day, you can sit and you're not going to be lonely. People say, oh, brother, I'm lonely. What do I do? Pick up a book. Learn. You, loneliness is a blessing. It's called creative solitude. A lot of these people like Einstein and Tesla, they really utilize the creative solitude. And that's the time, bro. That's amazing, and man. Even according to Hadith, we're told, you know, make use of your free time before preoccupation. We're all going to become preoccupied at one time or another. Make the most of it. Bury yourself in the books. Go to YouTube. Learn softwares. You can, there's literally series upon series and you can learn softwares and start the dawah yourself. But again, First, you need that drive. For me, that drive was people attacking me, attacking my faith, my identity. Mm. So that's what I saw. I found solace in these books, wow. especially self-help. When I was in a really deep, a dark place, I had to go to these books and really understand how does my mind work? Why am I thinking like this? I had to reprogram the way I thought. And it is like, I know I've been bumbling for a long time. No, no, no. This is deep stuff, bro. It's... Uh, it, 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 these sorts of things make you question a lot of things. I think it's amazing because you, if if someone was to just outwardly, you know, on a very basic level, go on your channel, check out the stuff that you do, they'd see someone who's really, really funny, see someone who's cracking a lot of jokes, see someone who's seen... And, exactly. And no, but bro, honestly, they might not think that there's a lot of background behind this. Do you get yeah. it? But it's like behind every person that's doing something admirable... There's going to be times like this, like what you're talking about, times where you felt low, you felt out of it, you felt like, what is going on here? Mm. So that's really, really deep, bro. And it's it's amazing how that's inspiring you to give your da'wah. I wanted to actually ask you a question because I think a lot of people might relate to this. A lot of Muslims nowadays, especially Muslim youth, yeah, they feel like they can't identify with Islam. They feel shy, to almost shy to identify with Islam in the sense that when someone asks, it's such a common thing, bro. The guy changing his name from Muhammad to Mo, uh, Bilal they can't to Bill. Ident- they can't identify themselves with the version of Islam that's been portrayed to them. Okay. Islam, Islam itself has many dimensions. But again, if you even look at Orientalism, there's a really good book by Edward Said. And yeah. um, it, the kind of way Islam, the Orient is portrayed, bro, there's an entire psyche and a psychology behind it. And we're still living in the after effects of that. I wouldn't even say after effects. After effects insinuates that something is uh, no more. But if you actually look into it, bro, it, these things go very deep rooted. In fact, even the 200 British, 200 year British rule of, of India, um, the, these, I mean, when the British were there, this is what they were doing. They were, you know, translating um, religious texts like the the Hanafi manual, the Hidayah. They translated that in English and they had their own people doing it. So things go very deep rooted. And again, the way Islam is being portrayed and the certain think tanks are, that are being promoted by the governments, that's the Islam that we're told. The Islam that's there from the Quran and the Sunnah as interpreted by the Salaf, that is becoming very dilute. In fact, even if you look in Dawah, for example, I, I used to see, you know, how comes Abu Bakr, Umar, they, their beards come to their chests and when they're crying, you hear accounts and, you know, their, their attire is different and their way of life is different. But when I see people on YouTube or whatnot, you know, they, they, they look very different, but they're telling me about Islam. And when I see people being portrayed by the BBC or whatnot as the ideal Muslim, they don't look like the ideal Muslim. They're not talking like the ideal Muslim. So what do I do? Can I do I sit back, complain, and just sit with my chacha and my chachi, and you know, just uh, complain with my aunt and uncle, or do I flip in, get off my backside, and do something about it? And mm. that's with YouTube, like literally on your phone, bro. There's an app you can literally record and publish a podcast. Yes, yeah, SoundCloud uh, allows you three hours free footage. YouTube is free. Social media is free. You know, phones have HD cameras that you can record stuff like it's there. Just invest in yourself and you can put out such amazing messages out there. And that's what I try to do as well. That Okay, I'm not happy with the way this is portrayed. But you know what? Why don't I, you know, go forward, step up and do it? And that's why I, I would never, you know, Compromise certain things and may Allah, you know, keep me steadfast. I mean, um, mm. and and that's the kind of mentality behind um, why why I did that. That's crazy, man. That's really really interesting, bro. Jazakallah khair for going into that because you know, may Allah reward you because 
it I think it's very thought provoking for a lot of people as well, especially people in in a dark place. You know, a lot of us find ourselves in dark place, and one of the things that's really helped me in my dark places is going into books, is reading. Like that's one thing that's like taking me away. I remember the other day, I was at the library all day, and I was just like, for the first time, I felt like, wow, I was in my zone. Like I got up to pray, and I was mm-hmm. like. Man, I was just in my zone there. Like it's like I was out of this world, and just like deep in a topic. And sometimes you feel like you're there, like when you're reading about situations. And I think it's very liberating, man. Knowledge is very liberating, and it's definitely a good companion for a lot of people to start reading. You know, if there's one thing you'd say to people, I want to conclude this topic on 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 with one question. Yeah, unless you have more to say on it. What's one ad- one thing you'd advise people watching? Because Assume we're gonna have a lot of young people watching, with getting on this path of reading because a lot of people find it difficult. So how could you advise people to read to start? Where where could someone start? First of all, understand why. Mm. It's important to to know your why. Simon Sinek's re- written an entire book about knowing your why, and you know any muhaddith worthy of his name. Actually, I'm not gonna say that. Any prominent muhaddith like Imam Bukhari or what's a muhaddith? Uh, a scholar of hadith yeah um they start off their hadith um hadith compilations with the hadith pertaining to intention so knowing why you're doing something is very very important and the thing is with books you have to understand if you are not reading there's nothing being inputted into you there's going to be nothing coming out what you put in is what you get out that's very important wow. when you're born you're told knowledge is being inputted into you how to walk how to talk what this object is what that object mm. is if you don't know what that third object is bro it's it doesn't exist to you it's not you can't use it you can't defend yourself against it that's why a child will go towards the fire that's why the child will oh. put his hand uh, into a exposed wire. So oh. if we don't know the dangers behind something, how on earth are we going to protect, protect ourselves from it? Mm. That's why, bro, it's important to understand that this can only be given through books. Noon wal qalami wa ma yasturun. Yeah, Allah swears by the pen. Yeah, the pen was created. It was amongst the first creations. Wow. Iqra, read. We're a nation that has have been instructed commanded to read and it goes without saying that if you are not reading you're opening yourself to manipulation and not reading fiction books reading non-fiction but non-fiction reliable nuanced balanced books also as well because it's not just where we're told oh no no it's important to read and we finally get on to reading and we find out what we're reading is you know taking leading us astray yeah so it's important to understand what you're reading as well and once you understand that this is absolutely necessary for me, if you just got a broth, yeah, or a pot, you put it on there and you keep, you know, turning it, you got oil and then you're turning it, you're not putting any ingredients in there that you're cooking. Put books, yeah, put books in your mind and then, you know, shake the ladle or whatever, and then you're going you're going to get a nice dish at the end of it. Mm. So similar thing applies to books. Understand why. Once you know that it's absolutely necessary to have this, be articulate in when you talk. Know where you're talking from, from and know your references. Be taken seriously. Muslims in the past, past were polymaths. Yeah, Ibn Sina, all these guys, they were polymaths. Today you got one Muslim, oh, I just know engineering blood. I just know how to, I'm a chef blood. Yeah, be a chef, be an engineer, be a plumber, be flipping everything, bro. Master, yeah. you know, jack of all trades, master of none. This is from our history. But yet, you know, we, we have a very closed view of life. Bro, there are human beings this that have literally... Stuff, literally revolutionize the world individuals the potential that we harbor is great but it's very important for the powers that be to tell us no you can't do that much no you have to do this you have to go through the systems have been put in place when you can literally break out these systems the systems are meant to support you not restrict you mm. but anyway bro I don't bro, that's deep man that you went really deep there i think i think if someone hears this and doesn't like think to start reading at least gonna be like I, th- I think they really need to think about like what they're doing and stuff like that any book recommendations to start like what's the first book you'd recommend someone read to, to start i would suggest ask yourself what your hobby is 
what do you like doing? Go and pick a book that you like. Yeah, that will get the ball rolling. Firstly, mm, when you okay. see these world's strongest men pulling the lorry, at the start, it's very difficult. So at the start, to get the ball rolling, you're going to have to train your mind to sit there in silence. We're not used to because of constant use of, can you do this? Oh, I need to go to work. I need to come back now. We're living in a very fast-paced world. So to silence the mind. And to sit down for like yeah. 20 minutes, it's hard. It's not easy. Definitely. And, and if I recommend something, it's not going to work out. So it has to be something that you... You, that you find passionate Tailored Yeah And you flip and go to the shop yourself Yeah Go to the library Yeah Spend a good 15-20 minutes Find a book that you're interested in oh, What was that? Showing a bit of love bro Ah exactly. Midway through the podcast ah. Bro I wanted to Speaking of love You recently got married That was so easy <laughs> <laughs> This is me showing love brother That brings me to my next point <laughs> Damn it, Musa. <laughs> go on, bro. Speaking of getting married, go on. How long ago did you get married? Alhamdulillah, it's been about a year now. Really? Yeah. Wow, it's, to me it seems like a couple of months, man. Yeah, yeah. The nikah happened about a year ago. MashaAllah. But um, my wife moved in about half a year ago. Mm. How's that been? How, how has your life changed since before being married and after? Uh, I don't know This this might be one of the things You guys might have to edit out But Me not being married Don't worry bro uh, Me not being married Was one of the things That facilitated My dark place Like Not being married Was very hard bro It's I would say It's one of the hardest things I've ever had to go through In my entire life Wow Wh- um, Why? Because a lot of people you know, some A lot of people They want to get married But why are you describing yours As like some really It was just difficult Finding the right partner mm. um, And that, that whole process Of finding someone And you go You think Oh no he's, He knows someone But the thing is When you're on the Dawah scene You have to be very careful You can't you can't respond to certain messages in a certain way for fear of it being screenshotted and exposed and you don't want it to be a stain on your dawah um and and also when you go to local imams or whatnot naturally people that that go to them are people that um either divorcees or mm. or people that are finding it difficult so you go to people but you don't really get much support and that's what i found bro it was very difficult and when mm. you reach a certain age and you've kept yourself chaste it's very difficult, bro. It comes Who's chasing time. you? Huh? Who's chasing you? So you keep yourself, uh, you keep yourself chased, and uh, well, you try to follow the sunnah as much as possible, and it becomes very difficult, bro. And it affects you. It affects you physically. It affects hmm. you mentally. It's very difficult. And how long did that dark period for you last, bro? It, 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 on a couple of years bro Like when it was really bad Like wow. it, it even affected my Islam Like I had to question certain ideas Like I was making du'as I was praying Wow um, man. Uh, Then I was like well, Why isn't it working? Why on earth is it not working? Yeah Like what's the nature of du'a? What's the point? I would challenge scholars They, they tell me Oh you just du'a and patience I was like now you have to I'm sorry You have to define what patience means now It's not enough for you to tell me Just be patient Define to me what patience is Hmm yeah, it, I'm, not, I'm sick and tired of these abstract words that are just kind of plonked out there now. I need to know practically how it's done. What do I do? What do I do? What does it mean? How do I do it? I'm making dua. Why is it not being accepted? What do I need to do for it to be accepted? I think this is very relevant, man, because nowadays, um, even though you're a, bit, a little bit older than myself, nowadays... From from such a young age, from like the age of 17, 18 It is extremely common and rife in the Muslim community That everyone wants to get married mm. Everyone wants to get married It's a topic of discussion Every 17 year old, 18 year old I wants would to disagree get married with that onwards. Well, How comes? Would you, how, I, I why would, would you disagree? I would say the sanctity of marriage is, is decreasing a great deal I would say um, and I think it depends what crowd you're looking at I think, yeah, I think amongst exactly. I think amongst I'm speaking about practicing, practicing kids, yeah. yeah, like Muslims, because they turn to marriage. Yes, you're right. Generally speaking, the sanctity of marriage, marriage is like seen as a side thing. Mm. It's something you see you, you do when you're thirty or forty. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, Marty's asking, are you getting married again? Oh, you know those memes yeah, that yeah, go yeah. around. But for for someone to be like the age of twenty four and twenty five and not want to get married, there's something dodgy going on there. 
Yeah, there's I really. Mean, do you think so? Because some people uh, just it's, it's some. It's a very low percentage, bro. But the scientifically, if you look at the 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 mechanism of 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 the man, yeah, yeah, you ha- you need it's it's a requirement of the physical body for mm. you to get married. Mm. For you to say otherwise, you know, otherwise something, you know, maybe something dodgy is going on or. Just your mind is preoccupied by something else or, or whatnot. I, obviously, I'm trying to assume the best, but let's be practical here. Yeah, let's not beat around the bush. Mm. So those people that say, "Oh, yeah, still looking for someone," I'm not ready to get married. You, stuff, fair Allah, sort your life out and get married. But mm. the the thing is, one thing I would also say as well is, if you turn towards Allah, eventually, um, you will get an answer. No, it's not even that. It's like. Indeed, oh, Allah is a guardian for the righteous. Yeah, and this is an ayah that's very powerful. That if you're doing good deeds and you're righteous, Allah will be a guardian for you. Wow. Yeah. Now, if you're, for example, at work and you tell someone, oh, you know what, um, just cover my shift and and you've gone home and you're at home, the wife's like, oh, who's who's doing your shift? Who's doing this? It's all right. It's my mate. He's covering me. Yeah. So he's your guardian he's taken over yeah so you're content or you ask a child oh yeah yeah i'm going hajj are oh, you going hajj have you booked a hotel no i haven't booked a hotel do you know which airline you're going with no i don't know no, i don't know do you know how long you're going for no i don't know have you packed no i don't know then how are you going for hajj now i'm going with my dad he's taking care of everything then you're like oh, oh that makes sense so when it comes to everything else we're like you know what I'm content with that person. But here Allah is saying that if you're righteous, Allah will be your guardian. But yet somehow we don't internalize that. I, I you know, I, I admit that sometimes when you're in a deep, deep, dark place, it's, hard. it's difficult mm. to, yeah, it's difficult to internalize that. It's difficult for you to really understand. But if you are and you get through that, you will realize when you look back that what happened during that time was actually really useful for your growth. And I use this word growth, yeah, because when I look back and the self-help books and the psychology and all these books that I looked, I, I looked at, they were very helpful and they are very helpful in my marriage now. Mm. Yeah. And again, it links back to the name of the podcast, Rerooted, because one of the brilliant analogies is a seed. Yeah. A seed is planted in the soil and literally it has to it has to thrive through uh, I have to use my words carefully. Manure. You know what word I'm thinking of, yeah? It literally grows in manure. <laughs> yeah. Poo poo. Uh, uh, yeah, that's a polite word. Um, it literally gro- grows through that, bro. It's garbage, gunk. You got twigs. So did you grow through that? Bro, uh, but no one knows you're there, though. No one knows what you're going through. It's a mm. dark place. There's no light there. There's no one else there. But you have to fight through that. You have to push through the soil and the gunk. And it's only when you come out mm. in the light yeah. and you start flowering, that's when people are like, oh, wow, that's amazing. But they don't see And they the take dark. the fruit. They don't see they the dark it. side. But they don't realize your, your key integral journey from the ground. Yeah, in the ground. Because had you died in the ground, you'd be a nobody. Mm. But it's only because you came out that's mm. when y- you even came into the vision of the other people. But the sad reality is a lot of us, um, we wither away and we die. Yeah. Um, and that's why it was very important, that dark time facility. And, and that's why Umar one is a saying that's attributed to him. Sometimes people with the worst pasts make the best futures. Yeah. And sometimes uh, I definitely look back and I learned a lot through that dark period because it helped. Uh, kind of rationalize, organize um, a lot of these yeah. beliefs. It's like hope, and I think what you're saying, bro, is really hopeful. It's it's giving hope to all of those young Muslims going through the kind of stuff that you're talking about. Because it's not just you, Achi. I've been through very dark times, like really dark. And and it's funny because both of us are online. People wouldn't expect it. People would not expect that of you. Do you get it? And it's you that knows what you're going through and Allah and, and maybe some people around you that know really how much you're struggling. And I think this is beautiful because it's a message of hope that just be, just even from what you're saying, so much hope can be gathered from that. That look, 
you're going through this, but this is your growth. In five years. And you know what the crazy thing is, bro? There's a statement of Ibn Taymiyyah, rahimullah. Uh, may Allah have mercy upon him. Amen. He was a great scholar from Islam of the past, for mm. anyone that doesn't know. And he mentioned something in Arabic. It says, Sahibul Hajati A'ma. And in English, that's translated as, The friend of need is blind. Mm. The friend of need is blind So what that means is Let's say you're going through a situation And you really want to get married 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 Bro you don't care about how Allah's blessed you with a beautiful car Mm. You don't care about how Allah's blessed you with a beautiful house You don't care about how Allah's given you a beautiful home A beautiful mother to go home to You know who's looking after you You become very narrow minded yeah All you're focused on Is your need Yeah a friend of need is blind. Profound, yeah. So because you have that need, you're blind to everything else. As soon as that need is fulfilled, bro, you can tell us. Like as soon as that wife came into your life, everything else probably second. second oh oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It's true. Yeah. <laughs> as soon as your wife came into your, that picture, yeah, I didn't start thinking of a second wife. That's that would have been preposterous. Yeah. <laughs> 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 as soon as as soon as that need was fulfilled, do you feel like everything else started becoming clearer around you? Uh, it was a very big obstacle that was in the way, um, in in and Alhamdulillah for me it was it was very important. So how would you advise people going through? You know what, bro? What you went through, that specific thing, a lot of people go through it. A lot of people. They go I, I know like I know a brother Sorry to interrupt yeah. I know a brother He's like 19 years old And he's going through this It's like, it's true There's The thing is There's this also become A kind of pe- People don't understand That there's a Nizam of Allah Yeah that there's What a, does that mean? It means There's a procedure For example There's a procedure And everything Yeah If you are to switch off a fan Yeah, yeah You must Do it from the mains Yeah If you Try to do it from the blades You're going to cut your hands It's going to spoil the entire there's system There's a way things are done basically there's, there's an order in which things are done Yeah So if a person At such a small tender age Wants to get married Soon as possible But there's no groundwork in place uh, I'm telling you, you That your marriage Is not only going to Fizzle out very quickly but what do you mean by groundwork? Because I might disagree with you here Yeah Groundwork in the sense of Knowing yourself Okay And Knowing how to deal with another person effectively These okay. are the two things mm-hmm. So you're not talking about money And you're not talking about No uh, Okay No, no, no That's that's the kind of typical thing that people say I'm talking in terms of Because you could be living in a mud hut As long as you're able to speak with the other person As long as you have a mentality Of this is how both of us Yeah Can get through this Then it's not going to work so at that age, if that person was to get married and they don't know themselves properly about so, themselves, and yeah, still changing like what 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 triggers them or uh, th- that whole journey, then their marriage is going to fizzle out very quickly because it's very difficult to kind of get along with the other person. It's important to invest in yourself. Now you can get married at nineteen if you've been laying groundworks in place. Yeah. You've been working on your uh, Islam. You've been working on yourself, understanding yourself. Creative solitude Knowing yourself Studying Because your marriage Will need a lot of investment Yeah you're right If you are to keep going You're right Because I got married At 19 At that specific age Of 19 And alhamdulillah I'm 22 now I've been married For over 3 years Actually And Mashallah For me My marriage has been through You know So many different things Mm. It's normal to have arguments And problems And situations But I think it's beautiful Because me and my wife Have grown together that's one thing that I love about the fact that I got married young. You know, I love that me and my wife have both grown together. We've gone through like uni together, stuff like that. Obviously, she went to a different uni than me. But like we've gone through this sort of stuff. We've seen each other kind of grow. Mm. And we've seen each other go through dark times, you know, within that three years. So I think I think it depends. And I think every everyone's journey is very different. You know, Agreed. 100%. One tendency, and I'm sure you're going to agree with this. One tendency that a lot of people have is they look at you and they'll say, "Oh, this worked for him. Oh, man, this is oh, this is what I've been missing all my life." Yeah, they go and do that, and it doesn't work, mm. and and then they lose hope. 
I think it's very important And you said this before Relating to the books I think that relates to everything Where you need to look at your own life Through your own lens You know like an example of me Is from a young age or While all of my friends were at university I wasn't And I'm going to university now At the age of 22 I Shame just on you bro should be, uh, should be ashamed of yourself Why? The proper lafanga guy isn't it? <laughs> Wow, proper ruffian, huh? Wow, should you just listen to your papa G and should have just gone to university? I should have, but I feel Are like you're a doctor. No, this bro, end bro, the I just podcast. told you, start- bro, end, end the podcast, bro. I just told you, I started uni. <laughs> Are you a doctor, bro? I'm a doctor of the heart and the mind. Aye, 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 aye. Wow. Why, why did you just go silent there? <laughs> bro, you're the host, bro. You, is, have, you, you have to keep this going. This has been such an awkward podcast <laughs> at times. Because Zishan just goes silent sometimes. And sometimes he says things that I don't know what to I don't know what to say back to. But it's crazy, subhanAllah. It's been it's been beautiful, bro. Um what you got some notes here actually. Alright, I'll I'll tell you what to ask. Um ask ask in terms of diet as well. You, you, we, you we were talking about that before, yeah, but we yeah. went off. Come, come so back. On let, that. Let's that's, go back that, to that. That's a really key one. Let's go back to the diet. Yeah. So, right now, Anji, being completely honest with you, ah. right, complete, I'm about to be very honest. Okay. Ah. Very honest. Honest, honest, yar, honest, banputter. Oh, I'm just showing you some love again. Okay. Yeah. So, right now in my life, I'm not on a good diet. And you, you. Damn it, Musa. <laughs> You were telling me before how you've basically been through a time where you were eating like three packets of crisps for lunch. Yeah. So tell, tell us, you tell, <laughs> like, like repping, yeah. Tell us about that time that you went through, the dark time. Uh, the thing is, cheese and onion, uh, salt and vinegar, actually, bro. Okay. Do your research. Uh, <laughs> what I would say, bro, is it depends. Like yeah. they say, junk food is the food for the non-privileged. For example, if you come mm. from a privileged uh, household, your parents automatically um, w- will will give you certain types of foods. You'd be That's shopping in man. weight rows. You'd be, you know, going to these MNS or whatnot. I've never thought about that before. That's deep. But when you when you come from my background, which is you know council council house council estate, then you, you're scrimping and scraping. Uh, scraping like my mom, she goes to like three different shops. Just to you know, see the good deal that she can get on bread and margarine because for us every little helps because of like Tesco, uh, like uh, oh, God's sake, <laughs> go damn on. it, Musa. Go on, every little helps. Yeah, go on. So yeah, ev- every little does help, and the, even these slogans are very, uh, they're very um, well thought out because mm. they know it's in everyday vernacular. It comes up like you clearly is uh, are the epitome of uh, confused dot com. <laughs> You caught me on a but, bad day, bro. <laughs> but one one thing I would say is, if you come from that estate, your mother will like, think about it, bro. Why on earth would your mum buy a one pound eighty organic milk, which is smaller compared to one pound um, pasteurized milk from Iceland, bro? That's cheap, man. Aki, you're talking about. You know what I mean, bro. Uh, now, now, like now, two thousand and nineteen, things have become. More widespread In terms of the whole Healthy eating stuff Bro When I was growing up And I'm sure When you were growing up as well Organic was nowhere to be seen Yeah Kind of thing It was like You'd have organic But it's extremely expensive Like you're Mm. talking Maybe five pounds For a bottle of milk Do you get it? True true Now it's even more accessible But still It's only A certain type of people That can afford it But as you were saying Well I mean I'll I'll come in on it Yeah 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 I, I definitely agree That if you come from A certain a certain background. <laughs> so funny. What? I just heard your stomach. Like, <laughs> Did you? I didn't even hear that. <laughs> <laughs> it's the second time that oh, happened. Sometimes my stomach. He's like, he's like proper <laughs> 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 Feed me, bro. Sometimes my stomach talks to me. Yeah. My so- bro, right now, you know what my stomach. You gotta talk back, man. But you know what my stomach probably said right now. Stomach. My stomach said, "Rishan." <laughs> He's talking about some amazing food. Why are you depriving us? <laughs> anyway, go on. Bro, that, that's exactly it. That when you come from a certain background, your your mother uh, and even you... What did you w- say about my mama? <laughs> <laughs> I'm joking. Uh, 
Yeah, I was going to say something, but I'd rather not. Civil is Ayura, Ayura podcast. Yeah, bro. Uh, we we'll save this uh, for your one. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the jahil talk for my one. Uh, so ag- again, it's a, it's a lifestyle. It bases yeah. it's it's if you're given a certain amount, if your parents are given a certain amount by the state, you can't afford to spend so much on food. Three pound on milk is ridiculous. Yeah, you, you just yeah. you just can't do that. So that's that's number one. Okay. Yeah. Um. So that's why I was not. Eating healthy because we were just alhamdulillah just getting by, just having enough money to wow. to flip and survive. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So um, after that, it that's literally it. You're working and you're told, oh, it's all about work. It's all about da 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 da. So now you're told education and work. Okay, so you're going so emphasis in our culture, even you know even amongst the scholars, it wasn't upon food. So that was the second reason where I'd be able to have three packets of crisps and it was okay. Yeah, because oh, it's got a little sunflower oil in the corner, so it must be healthy. But it's only when you start realizing that, you know what, we're so cautious about what we put on top of our body. Yeah, we're what, so. What do you mean? Like that? in clothes, bro. Oh, in clothes, okay. Yeah, yeah. in terms of, you yeah, know, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so what's. But the fuel like you put diesel in a petrol car it's gonna stall it's not going to work wow, but we deep. put everything in our body and then when we stall we don't question these things we just keep going and keep doing the it the human body bro it's designed and a doctor was saying this it's designed to go mashallah from zero to 60 smooth bro but it's we think it's natural for us to fall ill after every couple of weeks or like once a month that's not normal you're not supposed to fall ill that often. But the thing is, why? Question is, why? There was a doctor who was saying that if you have one teaspoon of sugar, it can de- you know, um, suppress your immune system for three hours. Another research that was done by Deakin University, they, they linked a bad uh, food diet uh, to depression. Wow, they said man. that, um, so this was Deakin University in 2017. SubhanAllah. They, they linked it and they, uh, they actually did a study in which they noticed that if you improve the diet of these individuals, you can improve their mood. And also, you know, Mia Kevi Pelto of Finland, she actually linked diet to intelligence. And that's why I often speak to people, you know, teachers, academics, and even scholars. Sorry, not scholars, people on the Dawah scene. I say, look, for us, it's very important um, for us to be, uh, t- for us to watch what we eat because it's going to affect number one our energy, number two our intelligence. Uh, bro, am I going? Yeah. Uh, number one our energy, number two our intelligence, and number three our mood. Food. This is proven, bro. Deakin University, the Mia Kevipelto. These are just two. Okay, yeah? but th- that's fine. Now you've given statistics, you've given evidence. Yeah. Did that work for you? Now, the thing is, bro, when before when I would come home after two jobs, yeah. I'd feel tired, frustrated, my energy levels were low. What would you eat at, at then that time? Then anything and everything, bro. Then I cut sugar out totally. Okay. Yeah, totally, bro. Like what one go boom. But for me it was it was okay because it I I kind of had to deal with my wife. Like I wanted her to stay in shape, uh, stay in shape. Mm. But you can't be telling them, yo, you can't be, you know, that did, you know, you can't, you gotta be controlling yeah, yeah, yeah. the old one pack, yeah? yeah. But of course, <laughs> then you gotta be sleeping on the sofa afterwards, so you can't be saying that to them. So you gotta obviously do it in a diplomatic way. Mm. So that's how I started. So I was like, look, you know what? Why don't we both do it together? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah so we can both look good for each other. Yeah. So it started, but when I got into it. The rabbit hole started getting deeper And I started seeing You know what These things are heavy Like the regular milk That you um, that, that you drink Has so many antibiotics Growth hormones It's so damaging to you Wow man um, White bread Sugar the, the amount of wheat And stuff like this Is damaging to your body So I started looking at this And I was like Wow This stuff is deep Fluoridated water Affects your IQ level I was like, damn, like uh, a study. What, what's what's fluoridate? What Flu- like they put fluoride, uh, fluorine in water to kind of keep it clean. Yeah. But too men- too much fluoride can affect 
um, your IQ can affect um, a, a lot of things. I, d- I don't want to say things that are unproven. I mean, this is you've got Harvard studies that are linked it to IQ and yeah. even your pineal gland. I mean, that sort of stuff is not uh, it's fringe science but again it's it's very profound and people should really look into it most definitely yes a lot of the things that you're saying are very interesting but now so i just want to quickly go over when that changed for you so when you changed your diet how did you change it like what what did you start eating you cut out sugar so i cut out sugar totally okay um meat like a keto diet uh mm, like a like a flexitarian diet okay but Again, I, d- I didn't cut out meat totally. Well, I did until I found. Oh, you cut again. out meat. I cut out meat totally. Oh, okay. Yeah, especially opposite, especially yeah. the the local halal butcher um, meat yeah. because that is some sometimes the most unethical meat that you will find. Yeah. The 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 kind of animals, the way they're treated. Mm-hmm. It's not tahir meat. We talk about halal, but we don't talk about that's tahir what wanted, meat. That's what I wanted to bring it back to. Yeah. And you know what? It's important that the that the animal has been respected, has been treated organically, and it, it, it itself has a good diet. Because when you now consume it, bro, that then turns into blood. Well, it turns into energy, goes into your blood. It goes around your body, bro. You start thinking what you're eating it affects you bro so meat i cut out until i found organic butcher nearby so i eat only organic meat and i eat that every so often sugar was cut out totally i made small changes that make a big difference like eggs have to be free range bro have to be free range yeah and you can even read eggs as well but i know podcast is going to be long just the first digit on the on the code on the egg it's the government has told the egg manufacturers that you have to put a code on there. First one has to be a zero. Yeah, so you can tell that it's proper organic. Brown bread, I shifted to that. So again, for me these things came slowly. And how did the how did this change in diet change your life? More energy, okay. More positive, okay. More good ideas. Did it change your mood? It changed my mood, my intelligence. People were saying I was more on the ball. I could remember things. Wow. More ideas in dawah. I felt like because this is the fuel, bro, and if you're eating ethical, moral food and it's good food, it will it will affect your mind power, your cognitive um, ability. Really it will, bro. And the thing is, if you're ad- if you're giving dawah, you need to be on on full on point. Yeah. All all uh, was it cylinders firing. If you're, you know, poisoning your body. Bro, eventually you're going to end up in hospital. It's going to put a strain on your marriage because you're going to have regular trips to the doctors, to the hospital. Your wife's going to have complications because there's, you've got so many diseases coming. And I've seen people and their relationships have been strained. Why? Because the wife is constantly back and forth from the hospital. It affects the kids. Everyone's going there and they're like a household name in the hospital. And you know, on that, I'd like to conclude this segment of the podcast, this part of the podcast where we discussed about food. One of my good friends, his name is Abdul Hakim, um, Sunnah Remedies. One of the things that he mentioned is he said something really deep, man. He said, when you eat, you're either fueling yourself or killing yourself. Mm. You're either like making yourself better or you're making yourself worse, basically. And that's really deep, man. And you need to. We all need to think about that. And I'm not trying to talk about this and put this out there for other people to implement without implementing it myself. It's something I need to implement firstly and foremostly because honestly, I mean, with uh, Mohsin, our producer. Hello, Mohsin. Bro, we've been we've been guilty of some really bad trips to care. I don't know. I don't even know if I should mention it. We've been. Yeah, don't. We've been. Don't do it, bro. Don't do it. Damn man. it, Musa. Zishan, bro, it's been an absolute pleasure having you on the Rerouted podcast. Um, it's been a bit weird, awkward, and very informational. Eh? That describes you as a person. <laughs> Brothers and sisters, I've really enjoyed recording this podcast for all of you. Zishan. How's it been for you? Average. Average, yeah. <laughs> Thanks, bro. Thanks. You won't be seeing Zishan ever again on Rerouted. So I hope you enjoyed it while it lasted. Brothers and sisters, 
any comments, bro, any bro, suggestions. Le- le- let me mention one other thing that you could uh, slip in as well. Yeah, go on. Then. And, and and this is important. Go on and slip it in. And, and this is the importance of mental health. I'll give like a, a, a few things. He doesn't stop, does he? Go uh, on. A few things that I would say is, um, there's more negative words in the English language than there are positive words. Really. Yeah? Um, so what you should do is anytime something goes wrong, <coughs> rather than you know really exacerbating the negative situation and using really strong words, dial it down. Yeah, use comical words that like, are oh, feeling really cheesed off. And when something good happens, rather than saying nice, average, like I said, uh, really say you know that was scintillating. Actually, I don't. I think that's a dodgy word. Uh, <laughs> this is what happens when you try and be too clever, isn't it? <laughs> Uh, too clever. Uh, rather than yeah, rather than Profoundly changed for me when I started concentrating on my own relationship, looking at how I speak to myself, and sometimes ask yourself: When something goes wrong, what do you say to yourself? How do you view yourself? Is it productive or is it destructive? I just wanted to put that out there um, because I think it's very important. A lot of us, mm. um, we don't give you so much attention. You need to give attention. yourself hope. You need to give yourself hope, definitely. In yeah, all be, of the things we discussed, yeah, be your own best friend. Definitely. Definitely. Yeah, Musa. Definitely. Jazakallah khairan, bro. Wa iyaka ya habibi. MashaAllah. <laughs> Brothers and sisters, this has been Rerouted Podcast. <laughs> we will see you very, very soon. <laughs> Any suggestions, <laughs> leave them in the comment <laughs> section down below. <laughs> Don't forget to subscribe <laughs> to iera. <laughs> and we will see you very <laughs> soon. <laughs> Salaamu alaikum wa rahmatullah. Peace. That's all right. Wa alaikum wa rahmatullah.